This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? You better visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That is 208-467-7468. Welcome to another episode of Letters from a Lonely Flyboy, where my brother Clint and I will share letters from our father, Air Force pilot Chuck Cathcart, to our mother Renee in the early 1960s. These letters were written while our father was stationed in Osan, South Korea for 12 months. I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, and welcome to Letters from a Lonely Flyboy. I'm Kelly Dennis. And I'm Clinton Cathcart. Thank you for joining us as we continue on this journey as described by our father through his letters home. During this time, he's on a 12-month assignment with the Air Force in Osan, South Korea in 1961. These next three letters are full of discussion about the family. There's a lot more about flying, too, and Dad's thoughts about a job change. And we find out more about the secretary and get some gossipy news about um, some friends of theirs. And I am going to go on and read... Letter number 11. Hi, honey. Just a note tonight. It's 1030 here, and I'm now waiting for one of the clerks to finish up some typing for the big boss, so it'll be ready first thing in the morning. I guess I have a hamburger for dinner tonight. There is a snack bar here that's open 24 hours. No mail from you today. Got a letter from Mom, though, with a couple of prints that, of pictures that Dad took, one of Kelly sitting on the front steps of the folks' house, and another of Kelly and Clyde on that swing thing. It's too bad, but neither of them is really a good picture. I don't know why Dad thinks he's smarter than that exposure meter we bought him. He also says that Donna and Jim's baby, John David, I think they named him, was born with a club foot and had one leg in a cast the first time they saw him. Seems to have a cast change every six weeks for I don't know how long, and are hoping that no surgery will be necessary. Guess you never know how lucky you are. Sure would hate to have seen that on either of ours. If this is what's required to make up for missing that, I'll take it every time. Saw Don Hawkins today. He works in the 5th Air Force Tactical Evaluation. They moved into government housing last week. Says they're on the outs with Rogers. Seems like Ida went the alcoholic route and was over worrying Wanda every morning until Wanda threw her out. Sure do miss the troops. Would just as soon not see the ones who have those over here. Or would just as soon not see the ones who have theirs over here. I love you. C. So, um, Dad talks about um, his brother Jim, his younger brother, Jim. And Donna is, his, is Jim's wife and, uh, and um, their family a little bit. 
So, um, John, David, um, what is, uh, was he the, the third, or he was the second son, Jim's second oldest boy, and Clyde, the cousin that they're talking about um, with um, with me on the front porch or on the swing thing, that's uh, Clyde is their oldest? Is Correct. that right? Okay. Yep. Okay, so yeah, we get a lot of uh, a lot of family stuff, and I um, I might have known that John was born with a, a club foot. It seems like I remember some people talking about it, but um, I don't I don't remember that at all. But I'm sure he was there when we were visiting the folks. Oh yeah. Okay. And so, um, yeah, Grandpa's <laughs> dad's not a fan of Grandpa's photography. <laughs> I do remember him talking about that. Yeah, um, whenever there was a family gathering, we would at least have one night where everybody had to sit around and he would show uh, countless slides of uh, a lot of the family, but some of were if they traveled. Um, um, and they didn't travel terribly far, but we would get some, some scenery or whatever, but mostly family. Yeah, I remember those slideshows a little bit. Oh, yeah. So um, he talks about Don Hawkins and the 5th Air Force Tactical Evaluation. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, each, uh, generally each Air Force headquarters has a tactical evaluation team. They, um, they have an inspection at least annually of um, each of the, the tactical units within the, the, um, the structure of that Air Force, um, squadrons and what have you. And um, it's basically a, an inspection job, making sure these people um, uh, know their mission and know how to perform it. Okay. And so just the last couple of sentences, he just dropped some news about uh, someone named Rogers and Ida and Wanda. Do you know who they are? Um, I vaguely remember some of these people. Uh, they were just friends of, of, of um, the parents um, because the, the, um, the men were, were fighter pilots. Uh, Don was a fighter pilot and, and his wife, Ida, and, and then um, uh, the Rogers. Uh, they knew the Rogers as well, again, a household of fighter pilot and family. Um, and it's sad, but it looks like there was some um, toll taken on the, you know, the separation situation. So um, it, it, apparently there's a, kind of a, a, a distancing of friends there. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I would imagine a lot of that happened. It, um, yeah, I, of course, you know, as a child, I didn't, um, wasn't uh, privy to you no. know, the, the information usually at least on a um, um, a timely basis, but uh, seeing it in the letter, unfortunately, doesn't surprise one. Okay. All right. Would you read then letter number 12? Okay. So this letter was mailed on the 22nd of August. It's dated, or excuse me, 24th of August, dated 23 August. Hi, honey. Got three letters today, two from you and one from good old Dink. That's the way he signed it. Also sent me a cartoon. I'll let him tell you about it. I have it under the plexiglass on my desk. Just got back from three hours of sitting on the ramp trying to get airborne. Finally had to give up. I'm scheduled again uh, tomorrow night, which is something at least. Never had so much trouble getting uh, time. Had a long talk with the boys this morning and consequently got scheduled both tonight and tomorrow. I guess it's not their fault if the airplanes break. But I was going to try to stretch both missions and get last month's flying pay sent to the bank Friday. I'll talk to them again tomorrow about an early flight Friday. And so if 
so still might uh, do it. Didn't dream if it would be this bad. Hope you're not too broke. I'm trying anyway. Sure, sorry, the Tootsies had a cold. Hope it's all better. Thought I told you about the tire, but it may have slipped. They should have give you an adjustment depending on the amount of tread left on the tire. Check what they say and then check Sears prices. In other words, let me know how much Firestone wants for a new tire on the trade. They should do pretty good. I realize you have to have a tire anyway, but at least I could write them a nasty letter. Don't buy any other size, though. That car is fairly heavy and needs that large a tire. Don't worry about the secretary. I couldn't get the, I couldn't get that bad off. I suppose <laughs> she's really a pretty good old gal, but really about all you can do is feel sorry for her. That's probably why she's still around. A good typist when she's sober. She probably won't last long anyway. I guess good old Dink is probably there by now. I'm sure you both are glad to see each other. I feel better knowing he'll be there too. Tell him I could stand hearing from him occasionally. You might also tell your little friend that if I were there, she could glare at me all she wanted. <laughs> sure do miss y'all. Don't remember where Butler said Louise stayed, we'll ask. He has been here about nine months, but will only stay ten. I think I told you I still don't know why. I love you, C. Oh, please tell Dink that Hawkins says there is a, all kinds of fishing equipment available in Japan. I love you again, C. Nice. So uh, do you have any recollection of the cartoon that you sent, Dad? I don't. Um, it, I, at that age, I'm, I suspect that I, and in that time frame in the 60s, early 60s, I suspect it came out of the newspaper, and I thought it was really funny, so I sent it to him. But I don't remember what it was about. Okay, so he was stuck on the ramp then for three hours, he said? Yeah, he probably mostly, uh, maybe in an airplane part of the time, but mostly in the ready room waiting to um, get clearance for a takeoff. Um, um, I don't know if that had uh, to do with weather or traffic or what, but probably uh, some of both. If the weather were bad, the, there weren't as many planes getting out, and of course they'd be bunched up, but... Um, um, he mentions that he he was kind of surprised at the um, the uh, the waiting time and how how bad it was um, that they got you know they, they were struggling to get uh, up in the air but um, I guess it must have been a challenge. He had to be pretty disappointed after all oh, that time. Oh yeah. And so the boys are they? Uh, there was he's talking about. Um, Oh, the boys. Okay, so there. He, what he's referring to there is there would be people who remember there. You know, there are a lot of pilots there who are in non-flying jobs, planning jobs, a tactical oh. evaluation jobs, those sorts of things, and all these people, in order to get um, to stay um, uh, um, in good graces with the Air Force as far as being able to fly. They have to fly so much each month. Okay. And um, so uh, they're competing for borrowing an airplane from someone to, to get into and, and to get up in the air. If you're, if you're a pilot, you've got a plane assigned to you, and it's not really a problem. You go take your aircraft, and you go when, you know, when um, the time suits you and the mission suits you. But in this case, um, they're all uh, renters, and they're trying to, to get um, uh, a time— get scheduled into these planes um, 
because um, two people can't fly the same aircraft at the same time. So no, and they uh, have to do this around their regular work schedule. They, and they have to do it around their work, uh, regular work schedule. They can take some time out from their schedules, but again, it's like getting an appointment. You know, you know, your appointment now is um, nine o'clock. You know, tomorrow morning um, to fly. And then you get there, and unfortunately, the weather's bad, or there's a lot of traffic, and yeah. you're having struggling trying to get in the air. So uh, you might not get out that day, and you might have to make an appointment another day, which, of course, jams up some other people. So. Right, and you're working five and a half days plus per week. That's got to be not a picnic. No, and I think a lot of that work time, though, was based on the fact that they really didn't have much else to do. <laughs> I suppose so. Okay, so um, here he's still trying to help mom deal with the tire long distance and making sure she knows exactly what to do and who to talk to. And so that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be hard for him. Yeah, I think, you know, we had, to put it in perspective for us, I think we have to try to think that, you know, when we're in this, you know, in, in this um, in our normal lives here, um, when two people are married and they you know, talk about a tire, well, I'll take the car in or you can take the car in or don't forget. Yeah. There's a lot of, of, of easy conversation there when you're doing it 6,000 miles apart. Um, and again, no internet, uh, yeah. uh, not much telephone. Um, so um, you're doing, you're conducting family business that normally would, would uh, be easy to do and, and quickly taken care of. You're conducting it by long distance and, and uh, with a very slow means of communication. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know he feels better that you're home. I, he feels a lot, you know, a lot more calm. I think he feels like mom's got some support too. Sure. But you know, how much uh, help is a 12 year old going to do you on, when you're looking for a tire? Yeah. And not, yeah, probably not all that much. Right. Yeah. I mean, the women had to take on a lot of responsibility and a lot of, a lot of, um, get involved in a lot of jobs that they might not ordinarily um, yeah. have to concern themselves with. Okay, he talks a little bit more about the secretary, and uh, I guess they must have been talking about her um, her drinking, and the mom yeah. said, well, don't you join her, you know, and he says, yeah, no, I, wouldn't, I couldn't get that bad if I tried. Yeah. <laughs> so um, was I glaring at mom a lot? <laughs> Was oh, he complaining? Do you think? Or? No, I okay. don't. Think, I don't think he's. He's not a complaint at all. I think uh, she might have complained a little bit, That's but I mean. jokingly. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You're like any child, you know. When you, somebody told you no, you kind of wrinkle your face a little bit because <laughs> you know, remember you're not quite two years old. Right. Um, so no is not a word that you particularly care to hear, um, and I think. There, so he's just kind of teasing her about the glaring, and also telling her that if he would, he would welcome the glaring if he could be there in person. <laughs> I could glare at him all I wanted. Okay. Exactly. Okay, and now I am going to finish up the episode with um, letter number thirteen, and this one is Thursday, twenty-four August. Hi, honey. I got another two and a half hours tonight flying. That is. Hope to get the rest of my time in the morning, but not sure. Sure do need it. I'm sure both of us do, though I still won't need more than the twenty or thirty or twenty or twenty-five dollars I mentioned. I'm worried that you're running pretty short. Sure didn't think it would be this hard to get. If we can handle this month, though, we should be okay. No mail today, not just for me, there just was none. Outside of flying tonight, it's been a very dull day. 
Couldn't really get interested in anything, and nothing was shoved my way. The only good thing is it's gone, and it counts. I think the general was gone all day. I'm anxious for the boss of the plan shop to get back. Can't expect a job sh- change until he does, and maybe not then. Trying not to think about getting Butler's job. Haven't seen him in a couple of days. I guess Dink ought to be there tomorrow. I know you two will be glad to see each other. I'll bet Gle- Kelly will be glad to see old Dink, too. I'm just going to roll over and go to sleep. think I'll address the envelope in the morning. Haven't been sleeping well. Wide awake around 0500. Sure do miss you. All of you. I love you. C. And so he's, you know, continues to worry about money because he's not there. He doesn't know, you know, how mom's budgeting things and what, you know, if, you know, he doesn't know that she's okay. Um, but that's got to be, you know, that's just something that has got to be continually hard. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think she was much of a complainer. She was a pretty independent um, woman anyway, but. Yeah. Um, liked having him there for, for you know, to, for him to take care of his particular things. But again, re, I, I guess I, I try to put it in perspective and think about, um, you, while flight pay was extra, I mean, some people weren't pilots, so they didn't right. get flight pay. Um, it's something that he, you know, became accustomed to because he was flying through the years and then when you become accustomed to that and you don't have that in your income and recall also that I just happened to think, okay, so this is August, um, July, we were on vacation probably for 30 days. So for the month of July or part of July and part of August. Um, but the, the, the consideration there is that he may not have gotten his flight time in July. So he's trying to catch, catch up. up. He's okay. trying to get flight pay for July and then get his flying done in August and get the flight pay for August so that she gets back on um, some sort of a regular income stream. Right. She can count on that money coming in. Yes. Now that makes sense. And he talks a little bit more about his uh, hopes for a job, but he's not sounding very optimistic. No. Um, the only thing I can think of is that uh, he had been in a planning job at uh, – Tactical Air Force headquarters um, in Langley, Virginia, before this uh, assignment, Langley Air Force Base there um, mm-hmm. outside of Washington, D.C. And he, um, I think he was tired of planning. I think he wanted to get back into a regular flying uh, job, flying schedule, uh, being around flying people who were flying. And so um, he, um, uh, He'd rather have a job, you know, where he's flying rather than a, 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 a staff job, if you will, in planning. And there were more other staff jobs. Yeah. Um, and he um, he wants to get away from that. And yeah. so... Um, he was never crazy about a desk job. No. I remember that. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, if you want to talk to us, we would love to have your questions, comments, and feedback on our Instagram at Lonely Flyboy. That's at Lonely Flyboy on Instagram. Join us next time when Dad talks more in depth about flying and his job dealings. I'm Kelly Dennis. I'm Clinton Cathcart. And that's it for now. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We would love your feedback. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can reach us on Instagram at Lonely Flyboy. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of Letters from a Lonely Flyboy. Boy.